everybody dreams, right? Everybody wants to do something. You know what? You will never get to whatever you want to do if you don't try, if you don't just make that step. Just do it. Just go out and make it happen. Make that first step. Hello and welcome to Pave Your Own Path, where I get a chance to speak with driven individuals from various industries to better understand the challenges they face to achieve success. This podcast is intended to inspire others to follow their own passions and to help understand the value that you already bring every day. So let's get started. Hello, beautiful people, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Pave Your Own Path. Today, I'm excited to introduce one of my six siblings to the show, Brad Simpson. Brad and I grew up in the same house for the first couple years of my life before he went out to Colorado, where he fell in love with his wife, Kim. Uh, Happy late birthday, Kim. Since then, he started his own company, raised two incredible kids, Jack and Bodie, and started his acting career all at the same time. So, Brad, thank you so much for being a part of this episode. How are we doing today? Baby school, what's going on? Oh, what is good? What your, is uh, good? Did you get your golfing in today? You know, I did play nine. I walked to nine, actually, which is, that's my exercise. You know, a lot of people go to the gym. I just go out to the course, walk nine holes, and uh, it's pretty undulating out here as well. So, get a lot of steps in, and um, yeah, so got to play. It was nice. And, and also... Maddie, I got to say, I appreciate it, and I am thrilled to be your first guest on these. <laughs> yeah, right? of course. You are my first guest. Yeah, of my, I, yeah, you're my first guest this week. There we go. Oh, this week? All right. There <laughs> we go. There we go. You know I'm mom's favorite, right? Something like that. Uh, All they, right. They stopped going. at me for a reason. I've already mentioned that in my first <laughs> podcast, so we can go into that another time. Um, but I know you fairly well. I want to give my uh, listeners a little better understanding of who you are. So I honestly don't know if you're the second or third in our family. I get you and Michelle mixed up all the time, but that's not important. So if you want to give everyone a little better understanding of who you are, uh, maybe a little bit about your childhood background, I'd love to hear that. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll just say Michelle's older than me. That'll make us <laughs> feel good. But <laughs> all right. So you know, I was born in Tampa. Didn't live there long. Uh, moved to um, Louisville, Kentucky with my parents, uh, mom and, and my father. Uh, unfortunately, they uh, got a divorce and uh, had to move to Erlanger, Kentucky with the grandparents, which got to tell you, that was something in itself uh, through the first part of middle school. And then, you know, when mom met Jim, we moved to Toledo or outside of Toledo in Waterville. Ohio, which I got to say was amazing, uh, Maddie. I mean, growing up in Waterville, um, you know, through sixth through eighth grade, we were there was just, it was amazing. Um, had a, a lot of friends and one of my best friends lived on a chicken coop farm. So a chicken farm. And I mean, what a blast. I think I ended up living over there even during school, um, during the school week, probably two, three times per week, just they had so much to do, so much land. They had ponds, uh, three-wheelers, which I know are dangerous and deadly, but uh, we rode three-wheelers. I mean, they had 10 to 15 of these things, played hide-and-seek at the farm. I mean, just it was such a great time and a great place to grow up. It really was uh, kind of in the middle of nowhere, but just a lot of fun. 
Um, and then obviously Jimbo got transferred to Eli Lilly and we moved to Carmel, Indiana. What, in 1990, I was uh, a freshman in high school and, uh, you know, remained in Carmel, Indiana through uh, senior year of high school. So that, uh, that, that was me growing up. And you're a soccer star at Carmel High School. I remember walking down the halls and seeing your uh, your solo shot face on the wall. <laughs> well, I don't like to talk about that much because it gets Jason <laughs> upset. But uh, <laughs> now, uh, you know, the reason I started playing soccer was because of our older brother Jason. That kid was amazing, and um, you know, yeah, I was uh, lucky enough to win first team all state and. Um, went to finals, unfortunately lost to North Central our senior year, but uh, just had a great time. Uh, Carmel, Indiana was an amazing place to grow up, and you know I wouldn't change that for anything. Nice, man. No, that sounds awesome. Um, now, you moved to Erlanger to live with uh, mom's parents, correct? Correct. And where was uh, your father at the time, Mike? So uh, my father had uh, moved to um, he was in Cincinnati as well. So he had he had moved to Cincinnati, and which was nice because we still were able to see my dad. And um, but it was crazy, you know, living with our grandparents. I mean, you know, m- m- my brother, older brother Jason and Michelle. I mean, we were sleeping in their basement throughout this whole uh, period throughout the divorce. Um, and it was just kind of an awkward time, you know, there's a lot of kids that go through divorce, but, you know, it, it really is a crazy time to live through uh, and um, just, you know, having to go to a different school again, especially midway through my sixth year, uh, it was kind of hard. It was a struggle, but, uh, you know, as soon as we moved out and ended up moving to Waterville, Ohio, things had changed and, um, you know, just, uh, another little blimp in my, uh, my life. So, yeah, of course. Um, now I know you went to Carmel, you, like we talked about your picture on the wall and everything. What did you do after high school immediately after? Uh, I know. Yeah. Something involved so, with UI. Could you share about that a little bit more? Yeah, definitely. So, um, you know, soccer was going well and I ended up getting a soccer scholarship for a division two school. Uh, which is IUPUI, which is Indiana University, Purdue University of Indianapolis, also known as Uwe Pui, um, and ended up playing my freshman year there. And it was great. Uh, I had a good time playing, but there was something missing. And, you know, it was just time for me to move on. So after my freshman year of school, I needed to go out to Colorado and you know, right when my uh, first year was finished, I packed up the car and headed west. Nice. Uh, after your first year, what what uh what sparked your interest about the uh, about Colorado specifically? I know the West is obviously intriguing when it comes to recreational, being outdoors, doing some yeah. rock climbing, doing uh, biking, things of that nature. But what about Colorado? Yeah. So you know, when we were living in Indiana, my best friend at the time was Chad Bacher, which, uh, you know, he, um, his family used to come out here all the time. Uh, my other good buddy, Tyler Randolph, his family would come out here all the time for spring break. Tyler's family had a place in Vail. Chad's family, AKA Bixler 
at a, uh, a place up in uh, Breckenridge. So we would come out here for spring break and just fell in love with it. And also about, I guess, sophomore year, I think it was in high school, my father had transferred out to Colorado as well. So he was living here. So I had a lot of uh, support out here and just kind of wanted to make that change. Just um, needed to grow up a little bit more than what I was doing at IUPUI and back home in Indiana. Just wanted a little bit of a change. So I headed out. Nice. And I know you did a lot of uh, recreational sports while you were out there. What do you think was one of your favorite things that you had done during that um, first 10 years? Oh, my God. Uh, You know, skiing is amazing out here, but I really got into rock climbing and ice climbing. Um, Had a buddy that I worked with out here who got me into ice climbing. And it was, I mean, such a thrill, just the rush and um, being outdoors. And literally, you could do this year round, rock climb in the summer, uh, ice climb in the winter. Um, I've got some videos of it still to this day. So it's, it's really, it's such, it really is. It's such a thrilling, um, sport. Um, but I got to tell you, I got scared shitless because (laughs) one day, you know, this is after, you know, when I met Kim and we were married, we had our first son, Jack, she came out to see me climb and I was in Boulder and I was on this climb and literally almost to the top of this climb. And I could see her, she was down below holding our son, Jack. It started to rain and I was kind of rim rocked, basically just kind of stuck. I didn't know where I could go. I couldn't go up. I couldn't go down. It was kind of wet. And I kind of saw my life kind of flash before my eyes, just like, well, my God, if I fall now while my family's watching me, I mean, so after that moment, honestly, I kind of laid back on rock climbing and ice yeah. climbing. But I got to tell you, it was a thrill. I ended up making it out alive. Obviously, I'm talking to you, but uh, just, you know, that was one of many experiences. Yeah. Did she know in that moment you were in trouble? No, no. She I mean, I was so, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I was so far up. It, I'm sure she's looking at me like, what is he doing? He's taking so long, you know, and luckily I was cleaning up so that the, my partner that was climbing had set a nice, uh, um, uh, system for me. You know, I wasn't going to fall, fall, but still the thought of free falling, even if you're attached to something oh, yeah. is enough to scare you. And especially with your family watching, but yeah, it was no, a man, great time. I, I, completely i completely understand i've uh gone rock climbing indoors one time and i think i got about eight feet up when i started screaming and they called the fire department and pulled me off the wall <laughs> yeah, it's not a true story <laughs> but uh <laughs> now one of the reasons i started this podcast is to let everybody know that everybody has fear it's kind of how you drive through it and continue to go towards what you have envisioned in your mind uh so you went out to colorado what was the fear going out there um, obviously leaving your community, leaving some family, and then what advice would you give to others who may be wanting to do something similar? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the scary part is just, you know, you're going into the unknown. I mean, I went out when I was a sophomore in college. I was young, you know, didn't really have any much fear besides um, just going into the unknown, uh, which for me always excites me. And I think having that entrepreneurial spirit 
is what that's about. I mean, that's like what I do every day in business or whatnot. It's, it's going into the unknown and having that little bit of fear in you, that little tingleness in your body that, that makes you want to see what's that next step, you know, can I get over this? And I mean, that was basically, basically it, but I knew I had support out here, right? I had my dad out here. I had one of my best friends from high school out here. My sister was out here. So I had people out here that if I needed to talk to, or if I needed to fall back on, I could. And, you know, advice to anybody who wants to follow their dreams is do it. And, you know, especially at that age, I mean, if you're young, maybe I know everybody has responsibilities, but if you don't have that much responsibility and you can do that, make it work, do it, just go out and you'll figure it out along the way. You know, I've always been the type of person that, uh, and some may say this is bad, but you know, I've never created a lot of plans. It was really just impulsiveness, right? Um, I see something, I want it, I do it. I figure it out along the way. So, yeah, no, yeah. I love that. I love that way about it. I mean, uh, I'm very similar. I except I just started creating plans this last week because people get upset when you're supposed to be on a podcast with them and you forgot <laughs> to show up. So you, I, I started putting the plan together now. Um, well, that's now, understandable. Now you moved out to Colorado. Were your intentions to go straight into college? What was that like? I know you and I are the smartest in the families because we both got a psychology degree. So uh, you, you better believe it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, coming out here, I wanted to go to school, and um, you know, I, I wasn't a hundred percent sure what I wanted to do. You know, when I went to IUPUI, I was very interested in anthropology, and I've always been interested in anthropology. Um, and then coming out to Colorado. Um, you know, I kind of wanted to get into psychology as well. You know, there's something about the human mind that, you know, it intrigues everybody just, you know, from people's experiences and how they look at certain situations and how they react and how they talk to people. It's just, it, it's, you know, I, I find it very interesting. So, um, you know, coming out here, I definitely wanted to go to school and I think going to college and I tell my oldest son this and my youngest, you know, for me, it was about the experience. It wasn't really necessarily, hey, I want to go learn about psychology or get my degree in this or that. It was more of, I'm going to be on my own. I'm going to find out what it is to be on my own and how to live. And that's what I think college really is. Yeah, it's about learning. It's about, I, I did learn a lot in school, but it's also just about living and, you know, kind of knowing figuring out who you are and figuring out who your friends are. And, um, you know, that's, it was the best experience of my life. I mean, it really was. And, and to go to school at a place like Colorado was absolutely amazing. Um, just always having something to do. Um, just, you know, being with friends, family out here, it was such a great experience. Oh yeah. And the Boulder campus is on, um, I believe as a Midwestern, I, I could get this wrong, but I believe it's called the foothills of the mountains. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's about, uh, 20 minutes, uh, you know, Northwest of downtown Denver, uh, or Denver. And it's just beautiful. I mean, right now I live about 10 minutes from Boulder. I can see the flat irons from, you know, walking down the street here and Kim and I, my wife, uh, who I met at CU, um, 
which is a great story, how I met her. Um, do you want me to get into that? Because uh, it's well, kind of fun. We're going to have to. <laughs> I mean, you're going to have to. I need, right? I need to hear this. You, well, you might know the story, but I know the listeners might not. But anyway, when, <laughs> you know, when I went to college, you know, I worked and worked on the hill. It's called the Hill in Boulder. And worked it's at a, a yeah, it's a restaurant. It's um, it was it went through a couple different owners. First, it was called Cluck You Chicken. It was really called Cluck You Chicken. <laughs> and by the way, by the way, probably the best chicken I've ever had, and I've never seen another Cluck You at anywhere. It was really the best fried chicken I've ever had. Um, that lasted about uh, I don't know six months, and new owners came in. And it was great. This gentleman who owns a um, company in Boulder called Albums on the Hill, uh, his name's Andy Schneidkraut, had bought this restaurant from these guys uh, from Cluck You Chicken and changed it into Teresa's Pizza Calore. Ended up buying it from a guy um, called Teresa's Pizza Calore. And that's where I worked. I managed, I was a manager there and uh, had really good pizza and drinks and all this stuff. Well, anyway, me being the bartender I am, came up with this drink called the Bradley Bomber. And, you know, I can't really tell you what's in it, you know, because <laughs> I'd have to kill you. But I did win. I did win. And I've got I've got proof of this. I won Bartender of the Month from Captain Morgan's because of this drink. And um, anyway, everybody loved it. Well, anyway, this woman walked in. Was Captain Morgan a-, a drunk that came into the ra- the restaurant <laughs> regular? Oh, you know, you know Captain Morgan about it. It's a Halloween story. <laughs> it was a Halloween story. No, but I, I really was. And, and baby, school, I got proof of this. So you know, I believe you. I, I have a sheet of paper, and you know, I was a hippie, long hair, overall. We long. will attach anyway. an image of the sheet of paper to the podcast. All right, you see a beautiful woman walk in. You will. Yeah, I see a beautiful woman walk in. It was April 22nd, 1998. And, you know, I just was like, wow. Well, anyway, she comes up to the bar. I said, what are you drinking? And she goes, well, what, what are you going to make me? I said, I got the Bradley Bomber. You know, I didn't call her the Bradley Bomber. Anyway, I give it to her and she sips it. She's like, Ugh, can you give me a Girl Scout cookie? <laughs> so I knew right then and there. She was the one, and that's Kim. Uh, I've known her since, like I said, 1998. Uh, she had just graduated um, college, and I was still had a half semester left. But uh, that was uh, that's the story of how we met Kim. Very nice, and uh, yeah, Kim actually tried to always get me whenever I would visit Brad and Kim. Every like, I'd say two years, she would always try to get me to eat vegetables. And if you knew me growing <laughs> up, I didn't eat vegetables. Now I'm a vegetarian, so I think it would shock her. Is she a vegetarian? No, she is not. I think she's no. tried it before. Kim Kim eats whatever Kim wants to eat. She's yeah. she's a good eater. She likes it. But uh, yeah, she's uh, she's great. So Kim and I have uh, yeah we met at school, and um, it's just it's, it's a good love story. I think. Yeah. No, I, I love it. <laughs> I think our listeners will love it more. Um, now, how quick – so once you you got out of college, as I like to say, you got your piece of paper, you're ready to show the world what you know, what did you initially do? You got a psychology degree. Yeah. What did you want to do with that? So psychology degree, you know, honestly, I wanted to be a child psychologist. And um, about three and a half years into school, so – well, actually four and a half years, about a half year left. I was on the five-year program, baby school. But, uh, yeah. you know um, – I would just wanted to be done, to be honest. It was like, you know what? School's here. I just want to be done. 
got my degree, got my paper, like you said, and then wasn't sure what I wanted to do. We had, we were living in the mountains. Um, and, uh, Kim and I got a place up in the mountains and we were renting and I answered an ad in a paper that says make $65,000 your first year. I'm like, what's this, you know? And it was selling cars, selling Jeeps in Boulder, Colorado at a company called uh, Pollard Motors. So I answered the ad, went through the training and sure enough, first year made over 65 grand and I was hooked. Um, the auto industry was a great industry for me to be in, taught me sales, taught me finance, um, management. I ended up being there off and on for almost 10 years. Um, yeah. And just did a little bit of everything was a sales manager, uh, did finance, created their internet department. Now keep in mind, Maddie, this is back in the day when internet, you know, <laughs> just started, uh, you know, this company didn't even have, an, uh, an internet uh, department, a URL or anything. So that felt good starting that. And that was, uh, that was kind of my thing right out of school. So, so I'm curious when you say you started their, uh, internet department, what is that even like at the time, since that's they, a new concept, what does that yeah. mean? <laughs> well, first off, they didn't even have a website, so they had no website, right? So I bought the domain boulderjeep.com. And we created their website and um, just built it from the ground up. And nice, we're rocking and rolling. I mean, you know, when the internet took off, it was, you know, it was crazy. I mean, me and this other guy were really uh, probably snagged about 60 to 70% of all the deals that were starting to come through the, um, the actual uh, business. Just because people started surfing online and looking online and requests online. So I was in a good position. So yeah, Brad started the website and said, "Request Brad Simpson when you get to." That's the right. <laughs> well, of course, of course. Yeah. So, <clears throat> but it was an experience. So you went from that. Obviously, you've been in Colorado for shoot. What is this? Sixteen years. Oh, I can't do yeah, math right going, now. Keep going, brother. Keep going. Oh man. Well, since four years. I, I was out here since ninety seven, ninety six, ninety seven. So. Yeah, it's been a while. I mean, I'm going on my... I checked out his LinkedIn page just before this to get the dates right, and I got it wrong. <laughs> uh, so, good for you, man. Uh, yeah. So you went from working at a dealership straight out of college, taught you a lot about sales, how to talk to people, how to engage, how to be your own kind of business person. Now yeah. you are owning your own business. What What were the steps that it took you in between that to work at different jobs to understand, I want to be my own boss? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, after the dealership, um, Kim and I had moved into a new neighborhood, met some people, became a good friend with uh, one of our neighbors. Anyway, he was a good, good golfing buddy, all sorts of stuff. And anyway, him and I decided to start a restaurant and the restaurant, long story short, ended up uh, failing which uh, Kim and I lost uh, a lot of money in that investment and pretty much had to start all over. So I went back what to school and got, this would have been in 2007, yeah. um, 2008. And so went back to school, uh, got my master's in information systems. You know, I figured, Hey, um, computers are the way to go information systems. Um, and at the meantime, I had uh, I was working in an account management position as well at another company called Cricket Communications, and met a gentleman that was uh, he was a VP of a big healthcare company out here, 
And him and I just kind of hit it off. And I said, listen, I'm getting my master's in information systems. He's like, I like you. I like your, your style. Uh, when you graduate, call me. So I ended up calling him right when I graduated and started working in healthcare, literally probably about six months after I graduated. And uh, which was really, um, you know, different from what I've been doing. You know, it was more of a desk job and kind of providing support for these hospitals, uh, clinics on what we call EMR software, which is electronic medical records. Um, all hospitals and everything were kind of going towards EMR at the point. Um, and so did that for a while and, um, you know, ended up uh, starting the Lavish Lou at uh, probably my, I guess, my fourth year, third year into working at the hospital. Um, and prior to that, though, um, starting the Lavish Lou, uh, Kim's brother, so my brother-in-law and sister-in-law out of Park City, Utah, had purchased, this would have been in the, right around that 2007 range, had bought into a franchise um, for these portable restrooms. And we were kind of like, what is this? And they're like, oh yeah, these nice restrooms. We rent them to these wedding venues and remodels, all this corporate remodels. So Kim and I started helping out um, and literally it lasted probably about 10 years through, um, I guess, 2017, 2016 or whatever of helping them run their business out in Colorado. So that's kind of how we've come to the lavish loo. And so you've had that for about four years now, correct? Yeah. So, um, in 2016, me and my good buddy who were working at the hospital, we were sitting in our cubicle and I said, Hey, what if we start this, our own portable, nice portable restroom trailer business? Um, I had bought the domain, the lavish Lou. I thought it was a great name. Um, people like it, you know, and, uh, he's like, well, what's it going to take? So we kind of put it together, bought our first truck, bought, a bought a trailer and that was it. It was 2016. Yeah, it was 2016. And we made that leap and we were really excited. And I got to tell you, our first job, um, this would have been in 2016, right around the Zika virus <laughs> when that came out. I know we're, we have coronavirus now, but the Zika virus had come out and this celebrity couple, which I am not allowed to name because of NBA, but uh, <laughs> um, they had called uh, the wedding planner. Called, that's right. That's right. I'm ready. <laughs> And Giselle, now um, they called uh, called me from Aspen and said they were moving this wedding from the Caribbean to up in Aspen due to this virus. And so that was our big break. We ended up bringing two restroom trailers up there. And after that, it was just kind of not downhill from there. It was still uphill because we had a lot of work to do, but um, we really got our foot in the door that way. So, yeah, um, I love how this started off. You just bringing it up to a guy at a conversation while you were working in a, your, what was that position that you were at? So I, you know, I worked for a healthcare company and I was an analyst um, okay. for this software. And like I said, you know, I'm, I'm not a desk jockey. I can't sit at a desk. I never have been able to, I've always got the itch after three or four years of doing something. I have to do something else. Well, I'm and, sure you've seen the movie, the off or office space. 
I can just oh, imagine yeah. you guys, the copy, you're just like, oh, man. That's, that's, <laughs> well, that's how it was, you know? And when I told my buddy this, you know, we were just like, uh, yeah, this could work, you know? And, you know, it was a lot of work. I just ended up uh, cold calling a bunch of wedding planners, event planners, and, um, you know, just started gaining traction and started booking jobs for that later that summer for weddings and, you know, one after another. And then it led to buying more trailers, buying more trucks. And um, so, yeah, it was, it was an exciting start. I'll tell you that. So um, you had, you had done cold calling in your previous jobs. Um, I know we've talked about this before. What is it like to cold call in your own job? So now you own your own business, you're cold calling in your own profession where you're in the business, you're representing yourself and also your business. What was that like? Well, I mean, you know, in case any of my previous employers are listening, I've given a hundred (laughs) percent, you know, at every job I've done, but you know, sales is sales, you know, you're, you're selling yourself, you're selling a product. Um, Yeah. Was this a little more personal? You bet. I mean, it's my own money involved. It's my own time involved. And it just, you know, to be able to say, Hey, I'm Brad Simpson. I own a company called the lavish Lou. You know, we rent luxury portable restrooms and just starting off saying that just felt good. You know, it just felt like you've already accomplished something, even though there was a lot to work on. It was just, um, you know, it, as I said, it was personal now, you know, this is your own, your own baby and you got to nurture it. And so it was really exciting. Yeah. And just to paint a picture for everyone, um, cause Brad actually let me go up in one of these, drove me up to the mountains to show me one of these and further clean one of these. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we got, these are, these are absolutely beautiful. How, how large are they? Well, so there's different sizes, you know, we've got eight of them right now. Um, anywhere from a two station up to an eight station. So basically these are built on trailers anywhere from a 12 foot up to a 23 foot trailer. Um, you know, one men's, one women's, whoever. Um, and, and they basically have music inside of them, don't they? Oh, gee, Maddie, they got music, they got air conditioning, heat, running water, um, you know, anything you need, mints, rugs, you know, <laughs> and what's exciting is when you bring these trailers to these places, to weddings, to corporate remodels, whatever it is people open them up the first time and they are like, Oh my God, these are, you know, nine out of 10 people are normally like, these are nicer than my restrooms at home. And, you know, I take pride in that, you know, these, they're not cheap, but you know, that's what people want. You know, when you're going to a wedding, you don't want to go to the bathroom in a regular blue porta, you know, especially up in the mountains, it gets cool at night. You know, you don't want to sit down on a cold seat and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, and if you pay extra money, I've been told that he will stand in the restroom and serve you a Bradley bomber. I don't know if this is true Ooh! or not. But... Hey, now, now you're thinking. This is what I'm talking about. This is what, that's, that's Bringing the drink part back. Of, I should have bartenders inside the restroom, you know? I haven't, I haven't got – I don't have TVs yet. It'll, was, it'll be kind of like a Corona's want to get away. Oh, wait. That's, that's an <laughs> airplane. That's an airplane commercial. Uh, that is. That's United, I think. But it'll be like want to get away from the party. Go well, to yeah. the bathroom. Get a Bradley well, of Bomber. Of course. Oh, I've seen – hey, I've seen some stuff in those bathrooms when I pick them up, buddy. I mean, people are partying in there. 
I mean, that could be another <laughs> podcast, but Jesus Christ. <laughs> so next I year see, we'll come out with a new episode for Bradley Bomber Podcast well, Bathrooms. I always thought that Mike Rowe from Dirty Jobs would like to you know, come with me on one of these. Because I'll tell you what, he would have a good time. I mean, we've, Just in uh, case if you're listening, Mike Rowe, we hey, need you. we got to send this to Mike Rowe. That's right. Because, I mean, it is. It's an experience. And um you know, and it's not as bad as everybody thinks. You know, you're dealing with waste. Yeah, you're dealing with waste, but it's uh, there's way. You know, nowadays with all the technology, it's pretty easy to 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 clean and to deal with. So, yeah. So, in the four years you guys have been in service, what do you feel like was the most successful moment where you said, "You know what? I got this. This is definitely worth it." You know, um, I think after that first year. I mean, really, the first year. We were really busy, um, and at that point, we, were, you know, a- after that first year, we were able to buy two trailers almost every year, uh, new trucks. But um, you know, it was just uh, the feedback, and we started getting calls for a year and two years later for weddings already at that point. So people were booking uh, weddings and booking booking events a year and some two years in advance, and. I just knew, you know, we, uh, that first year was, was a lot of work and a lot of hours put in and a lot of struggle and tears and everything. And it just, it, it came to be. No, so. that, I, I love that. I mean, you have people booking weddings years in advance, uh, to understand how you grow business. That's everything. Um, yeah. I'm curious now, what are your goals for Lavish Lou? Do you have, um, <laughs> do you, uh, Basically, I'm living in Indiana. I'm going to live in Illinois. Am I going to be able to rent in uh, a lavish chalou when I need it? Well, I think so. I mean, my main goal was, you know, there is one big competitor that uh, that owns, that franchises this business model out right now. So I always thought that I could compete with that and offer a better alternative. So that is what I'm looking at is possibly franchising or licensing out my name um, and consulting. Um, And I've got some exciting stuff, actually, that I can't talk about right now, but uh, got some exciting adventures that uh, I'm working on. And uh, we'll probably let you know in the next month or so if if these things come to fruition. But um, yeah, the lavish is growing, you know, I'm, I'm finding a little niche in, in uh, even during this tough time right now when there's a lot of cancellations and weddings and stuff, we've got, you know, hospitals that are setting up these, um, these remote sites. And so I was able to be a part of that to, to, uh, to help out. So that's awesome, man. Yeah. Um, now you're, you're a pretty awesome brother. Great husband. I'm sure even better father and a business owner. That wasn't enough for Bradley. Bradley wanted to take it one step further. So you are now acting, and you have been for, I think, LinkedIn is telling me about five years. Oh, Um, geez. I didn't know you were going to get into the acting part. (laughs) But yeah, why don't we go through it? Where did this this urge come from? Why did you decide you wanted to start acting? Well, um, so it's kind of funny, but literally some – I was walking down the street in Boulder, and a lady came up to me and said, oh, hey, you – you ever thought about acting or modeling? And of course I said, no, because, well, I really did. I've always thought about it, but uh, I said, no, blah, blah, blah. Well, here's my card. Call me. So never did anything with it. And then about, 
I don't know, I got a, maybe six months later, I went to this company, an agency, and they signed me on the spot. They said, hey, you know, welcome aboard. We think you do a great job. You know, and I was really just thinking of modeling, right? You know, uh, they call it print. So modeling, you know, clothes or whatever it is. And um, they said, well, you need to provide some photos. I said, oh, okay. Well, here's somebody. It's going to cost you 700, 1,000 bucks to get photos. I'm like, what? You know, so kind of to me, honestly, it sounded like a scam at first. <laughs> I was like, wait a sec. I got to thing you got. So um, didn't really do much with that. And then about, a year later, I was really busy with my other job, but about a year later, um, I signed a year contract with this agency. A year later, I had a, a friend of mine from Carmel, Indiana. His name's Charlie Winsky. Throwing a shout out to Chuck, who actually lives yeah. in Boulder, Colorado now, too. Um, successful business owner himself. But um, he... Uh, Chuck. Yeah, we'll have to get him on there. He um, he said, hey, I got this uh, a friend of mine who works for an agency, and they're looking for a few extras for a commercial. And can I give her your number? I said, sure. She called me. Uh, she goes, hey, we're in two weeks. We're shooting a commercial for Nike and Gatorade. It's a commercial with Peyton Manning. I was like, oh, God, yeah. So go down to Mile High Stadium and um, shot this commercial. I was a Green Bay Packers coach. Uh, you should check it out. It's called The Future is Fast. It's on YouTube. But um, that was my first little stint. And then after that, the agency decided to sign me. And um, after I got signed, literally about three, four months later, um, went in to read for a role for a Sprint commercial and was lucky enough to get it. And I was one of like seven people out of thousands across the U.S. that got this commercial. And they shipped me out to L.A. and um, just had an absolute amazing time. I was out there for four days. And then I was hooked, you know? Um, so and what I originally went into modeling or wanted to do this for modeling, I ended up doing a lot more of the acting part of it, doing commercials. And now it's uh, to a point where you know, I'm doing maybe four to six projects a year, which might not seem like a lot, but in this market it is. And, um, you know, I've been doing a little bit of both. I've done print uh, for... Um, magazines. I've done some print for um, outdoor clothing company just recently, a golf, uh, a, a company that makes outstanding golf uh, outerwear as well as ski wear. Um, and then, you know, do some, do some commercials. So. That's awesome, man. I, acting is definitely something I've wanted to do since I was a kid. Uh, I think it's something that I've strayed away from that uh, you'll definitely see me in the future on some television, whether it's a homemade movie or, uh, actually televised definitely i like uh, it i like it <laughs> but as far as com so you got acting and modeling do you have a preference of which one you're doing or you you know i don't um i like them both um i have two separate agents same agency uh which i'm at wilhelmina in denver but you know they're they're constantly sending me different things and i just need to you know which whichever one i I can do, you know, in the summertime, it, it's hard because I'm so busy with my job. But uh, yeah, I mean, I try for uh, what I try for all of them. I don't turn anything down if I have time to do them. So whatever it is. The, I'm so curious. What was it like auditioning <laughs> for the first time? 
Oh my god! Like well, you're up there in your little monkey suit, and they're like, "Dance, Derek, dance." P- pretty much, and I would. I mean, <laughs> so I, uh, you know, me, I, I, I get, you know, I get a little nervous, get a little sweaty, hand sweat, palms, you know, all that stuff, and. I literally walk into this casting and it was, you know, you got seven to 10 people looking at you and they're like, so uh, start singing or start doing this or, Hey, show me this. And I'm like, real, you know, so I did it. And I got to tell you, I mean, probably, I think one of my most embarrassing moments, buddy, is when I sent to my mom, our mom, a video of me, doing a little skit, little dance. And what did she do? She sent it off to all of you. And what do you do, buddy? <laughs> you came back with probably the best uh, impression of me. And I thought it was hilarious and I loved it. And, um, but you know, <laughs> so if now you want to become I, a part of our VIP podcast list, which is only $10 a month. You can see this video. <laughs> that's right. That's it. I get five bucks for everyone. That joins. Nah, um, but um, you know, it's, I, I still get nervous today, but it's something that has helped me out even in uh, my business now and, and just in life, you know, it's who gives a shit, right? You go out and you try your best and you just go out and, you know, if you fail, you fail. And, you know, I 70% of the auditions, I don't get at least, you know, 80%, whatever it is, it's a lot, you know, it's uh, somebody's always doing something a little bit better, but um you know, I just, I'm glad I get out there and I'm glad I at least try and, you know, it's great. So. Well, Hey man, I'm glad some, uh, lady who had too many Bradley bombers looked at you and said, you should be a model. Um, that's what I was thinking. (laughs) So where, where do you see the, is there the future of your acting? Do you see it staying commercial staying? um, You know, um, I, I, I haven't really thought of it much. I mean, um, there's a lot of opportunity now. There really is. Um, you know, they were just asking me if I would be interested in um, signing with an agency in LA. So that's always an opportunity as well. You know, so if, you know, a lot of movies and commercials and stuff are filmed out there. Um, so that's always an opportunity too to sign with another agency that kind of um, pick up some more jobs. But you know, my main focus is the lavish Lou. Um, I do have some other business ideas up my mind as well, which uh, I think I've. We'll definitely again, share on another podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm always constantly thinking about things always, you know, like I said, I get bored after three to five years. So. Yeah. I think you something. and I are a lot alike in the sense of if something's not efficient, how can we make this better? That's right. And by the time I'm fit, I'm 44, six years, I got to be on the PGA champions tour. So that's my goal. And that's a real goal. All right. That's not so a whether joke. he's running across the screen uh, or if he's actually playing in it, you'll yeah. see Bradley for sure. <laughs> you'll see me in some type of golf attire on TV. So. Um, now with acting, do you find it easier to, because I've seen a lot of his commercials. They're great. They're phenomenal. I've seen you. Can I name some of them or now? You can name whatever. Yeah. yeah I've all. seen you on, and I could be wrong. I've seen you on Sprint, REI yep. commercials. I've seen you on, is REI, right? That's the outdoor. No, 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 no. But that's, hey, REI would be good. So I've done. uh, I spoke to REI if you're listening. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) I mean, hey, what I've done. So 
uh, not REI. I've done Mercedes. I've done Honda's commercials, um, Nature Made, uh, Men's Health Magazine, which was great. Sprint. So yeah, it's. Um, so I got a burning question because what's ooh. it like to look at this woman who's in the Honda and act like she's your wife, or look at this kid and say, you know what, you're my kid for this. <laughs> You know what? I think now I'm used to playing the all-American dad. I really, you know, one of these, one of the, I'm not joking. I mean, one of the directors who I've done, I don't know, I've done three commercials or four commercials with them. You know, they're like, man, you're like the all-American dad. You know, just smiling. So I, I've kind of embraced that role. You know, I don't want to be put in a box, but I've embraced that role. And it's funny. I show up and you know, oh, hey, here's your uh, your fake wife and here's your two kids for the day. And, <laughs> you know, and it's fun, you know, it's acting and it's amazing how good, you know, the kids are or even, you know, the, the people that are acting. I mean, they're great. It's just fun. It's fun to be away from reality for a little bit, right? Yeah. I mean, that's really what it's about. It's like, hey, I'm living this little, a separate life here. It's like, I can do whatever type thing. It's great, you know, so. Um, well, that's what I like yeah. about it. Um, speaking of getting away from reality a little bit, I know, uh, you might have a favorite bourbon when I've gone to Ooh. Breckenridge. I gotta say Breckenridge has always been my favorite. Uh, do you personally have a favorite? Maddie, I love Breckenridge bourbon. And so I go between Breckenridge and Basil Hayden and I wasn't going to say it, but about two minutes ago. <laughs> you know, my beautiful wife just walked in with a bourbon and just placed it down. She was I thought you were going to say Bradley Palmer. <laughs> no, those aren't allowed. She hated them, you know? So um, She's over there but, making those uh, Girl Scout cookies herself. That's right. Oh, yeah, that's right. She she loved a Girl Scout cookie. But um, <laughs> no, but yeah, so I, I, I do like to have a, a good bourbon. And I got to give a shout out to my buddy Bixler. He's, uh, he's the one who kind of got me hooked on some good bourbons. But that kid's in a different class of his own. I mean, he's he's looking at the Pappy Van Winkles, the all the good stuff. But um, no, nah, we uh, I I appreciate a good bourbon. It's nice to unwind at the end of the day and have a cocktail and sit out back, kind of look at the mountains. Oh yeah, no, I can remember multiple times looking out the windows and just staring at the mountains. It was when you had, this was when you had the train track in your backyard. Yes, sir. Thunderstorm going over, so uh, definitely a yep. beautiful scenery. But um. Last question, um, what would what advice, and you can gear this towards aspiring actors or aspiring entrepreneurs, what advice do you have for these people? Um, you know, my advice is really, you know, everybody, and I hope they do, everybody dreams, right? Everybody wants to do something. And you know what? You will never, ever get to whatever you want to do if you don't try, if you don't just make that step. Some people do it like me, right? I didn't really have a plan. I just did it. And then I figure it out as, as I go. And other people have plans and that's great and that's fine. But just do it. Just go out and, and, and make it happen. Make that first step. And that's the hardest step. The hardest steps making that first step. My first step for the Lavish Lou was purchasing a $60,000 truck, you know, and That's then scary. purchasing a $30,000 trailer, right? I mean, those are the big steps that you make. And, um, you know, it's, cra I mean, it's crazy. I look back now, I'm going on my fifth year with a lot of growth right now, a lot of opportunity in the future. So 
just just go out and do it you know don't be afraid and if you're young you know you don't have as much responsibility maybe as you do when you get older if you have kids and family you know take that opportunity you know go out go search go find and go have fun you know and that's what it's about and so you know that's what i feel i'm doing and i again i would not change a thing um every experience that i've been through has brought me to where i'm at right now so i love it man because that was uh i said that was the last question but i was going to ask you another question what would this bradley tell an older or a younger bradley but i think you just told it to yourself is that just you're going to take those steps that'll lead you to where you're at so that's perfect yeah you know um don't worry about certain things that happen in your life, right? You know, you're always going to go through uh, certain events that happen in your life. Um, you're going to overcome them. And I, I guess that would be, you know, what I would tell my younger self is just, you know, do what you want to do. You know, life is too short to, to not live your life to your full potential. And that's, uh, how I kind of live every day, you know, it really is. I mean, I'm running a, a business right now. Um, I've got a great family. Uh, my oldest son is about to graduate high school. My youngest is about to go be a freshman in high school. And, you know, I get to go do the things I love, which is spend time with my family, go on hikes, go on walks. I love, as you know, I love to golf. I'm a golf fiend. Um, oh, yeah. I might have a obsession with it, but you know, I still I'm able to get out and go walk nine holes in the morning if I want to. Um, it's just work, you know, constantly. I just I, I love it. It's not a bad life. That's what I always say. You know, it's not a bad life. Yeah. Um, throughout this podcast, I was also doing a little bit of math. Did you meet Kim on her birthday? Yes, she came okay. in on her birthday, which, right. you know, it was, oh, yeah, I guess you already said happy belated birthday to her. So, yeah. yeah. No, but yes. Awesome. Cool. I just had to clear that up because you said it was April 22nd, and I looked back at my FaceTime video to make sure that I called her on that day. So. You know, Kim might be upset, too, if I don't mention, you know, we do have three dogs as well. We have uh, Thule, who is a Alaska Malamute. She's about seven years old. We have Zeus who is a Shiloh shepherd that we rescued. He is about four and he's a handful. He's crazy. But, uh, and then we have biscuit. Who, <laughs> you know, she's what, two, three, three years old. Um, yeah. so yeah, we're, we're dog people too, you know, and, uh, they definitely fit, fit with our family. And, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of decisions day to day are are based off what they're doing. You know, we're always taking them on a walk and making sure that they're getting their exercise too. So, oh yeah, man, Bo, our pit bull, he's our life. He's the reason why we're healthy, and we actually go on walks and enjoy the outdoors. So he's everything it's to an, us. It's amazing, you know. I mean, stuff like that, and even times like right now, it's uh. Well, it's a struggle for a lot of people, and it's been a struggle for us, too, with everything that's going on, you know, uh, work-wise. Like I said, I, I have lost a lot of business, but um, uh, we're staying positive, and, you know, we're seeing way more family time than we've ever seen, which has been amazing. You know, we, we purchased a ping-pong table. 
So every night we have, oh my God. I mean, I haven't been beaten yet. Actually, Bodie beat me, but um, we, uh, you know, every night we're playing ping pong. We're a little bit closer. We're, we're talking and uh, it's, it's, it's exciting. So it's awesome. Yeah. Somebody recently told me you can either come out of this a chunk, a drunk, or a, a hunk. Uh, it sounds like you guys are taking the hunk route by being a little bit active. Um, I'm being the chunk route. I'm eating a little bit flaming hot Cheetos, but uh, can't no, you man. be all? Can you be all three? That's you what know, I'm dad. For. You know, dad bods are in, bro. Dad bods are in. So <laughs> if you're a chunk, <laughs> you know, chunk drunk, and, and and you know, I think uh, I think you can be dad bods are in. That's what they say. So, <clears throat> but all right, Brad. Well, uh, thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. I'll be sure to add a link to your site. Um, any other site that you'd like me to add and definitely a photo of your captain morgan trophy in the description uh is there any other way people can find you uh they can find me on twitter they can find me on um facebook you know cool. everything I'll be sure. all, all yeah. the social sites they can find me but um yeah i i, I do i have to have a better job at maintaining those for business purposes not really for personal but uh yeah they can find me and uh and anybody who has questions i'd love to love to chat with them they can reach out to me hey well as soon as you start taking those bradley bombers into the bathroom i'm sure people, you can start making an instagram page as well for that so uh if anyone is listening who has somebody they admire and want to recommend for the show please send me a message at pave your own path podcast at gmail.com if you yourself feel successful let me interview you i know you guys learned something today and please once again ask yourself how do i bring value pave your own path and have a wonderful day